What's going on, guys? My name is Evan Harrington. I am here with my co-host, Joel Frazee, for episode three of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. We have a ton to get into this episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the Sabres news, other stuff around the league, and we got a pretty special, you know, pretty special list to get to. Uh, We're both going to give you our top 10 NHL centers in just a little bit in this episode. And Joel, you've mentioned it a lot of times throughout the podcast in the first two episodes. We're not just hockey. We'll dive into a little other sports once in a while. Later on in the show as well, we'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins signing to the Titans. What does that mean for Tennessee? What does that mean for Buffalo and Kansas City, the teams that didn't get them? And then everything else surrounding that front. But first of all, Joel, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, things are well uh, over here in Michigan. Um, happy to hear you're doing well out there in Buffalo, too. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're already at episode three. Huh? How, I know. Uh, I, how odd. Yeah, I never thought I never thought we'd make it this far. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, speaking of speaking of making it far, just to kick things off, uh, you've made it pretty far in your hockey career. And just the other day, it was officially announced that, you know, you're signed. You're going pro. Um, just talk about, you know, the team you're going to be playing for, the league you're in, what does it mean for you, and everything surrounding that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, uh, number one. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, um, I, I went to a, uh, I went to a little free agent camp out in Fort Wayne, Indiana a few weeks ago. And uh, I was lucky enough to do well enough to get attention from quite a few teams. And what uh, going into it is what I wanted to do or what I wanted to do going into it was I just wanted an opportunity. I didn't care where I signed. I didn't care uh, about anything really other than I just wanted an opportunity to play at the next level. And um, so I, I, I went out there and I didn't really know much about, uh, you know, the lower levels of pro hockey. Obviously you have the NHL, which is the, the best league in the world. You have the AHL, which is probably the third best league in the world. And then, and then from there you have the East coast uh, league, which, you know, I guess um, Evan named some, uh, east coast teams that buffalo people would know um well the former affiliate uh is the cincinnati cyclones over in cincinnati mm-hmm. and then yeah. also just you know while we're on top of it uh the sabers do have a you know a new affiliate yeah. um which is jacksonville iceman ja- correct yeah the jacksonville iceman so okay. we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit but yeah. yeah those are a couple east coast teams that are in the coast yeah, and then the one by me here is the Toledo Walleye. They're a good team. The Florida Everblades just won the whole thing for the East Coast. Um, and that's a that's a very good league, too. You'll see a lot of guys go from college to those leagues specifically. And, and, and even former, or not even former players, a lot of players that are you know playing in the AHL and the NHL yeah. once in a while will stumble their way down there. More, yeah. more likely than not, some goaltenders like Michael yeah. Bowser for the Sabres you know, made his way down there a couple of times, but there's a lot of talent. Absolutely. No, that, that's a great point. So like it, it's, it's a, it's a system. So those, those three are the big ones when it comes to the NHL. Um, Cause that's the farm system for the NHL. Um, then, and then below that uh, I, I call it kind of lower level. Uh, it's kind of, kind of semi-pro um, but at the same time, it, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're getting paid to play and it's, and it's still a tough, <laughs> it's still tough to move up. But uh, from there it goes the SPHL where I just signed. And then, and then below that is the federal, the federal prospects hockey league, otherwise known as the fed. Um, and so going into it, I had no idea what teams were going to like be interested in me. I had no, I had no clue at all. So I went to it 
And I met this guy who I um, eventually signed as my agent. And then from there, I, I was able to um, get attention from a few teams in the SPHL. And to my benefit, they ended a lot of them were the better teams in that league. Um, so what I did was I, I weighed all my options and I signed with one that a lot of the players that were also there who played there said that it was like arguably the best place to play in the league. Um, you know, you just get a lot of you get a lot of benefits. Um, you, you There's so many sponsors and, and stuff like that where your life is much easier there compared to other teams. Our main sponsor is Chick-fil-A. How are you? I mean, that's just going to be a, I, I, it's going to be a fun time. And, um, I'm really, ex I'm really excited for it. And we've, they finally made it like public. I told my friends and family, um, when it happened back in June, but now that it's now that they put it on Instagram and they kind of made a little press release about it. Um, a couple other D three guys too, um, from Manhattanville, um, that are, that are coming. So it, it's, um, it's an exciting time um for me everyone's happy for me and now i now it's up to me to not every to not let everyone down right so um thank you ev uh and uh let me explain that a little bit because not a lot of people know not a lot, not a lot of people care either um which is fair i get it but there are there are cities out there that are you know not as big as buffalo and they still have hockey um you know yeah. and obviously it's not the nhl but you know, in that area, in, in it's it's called the Quad City Storm is where I signed, and there's four major cities. Okay, I still have to get to know it a little bit better, but where we play out of will be Moline in Illinois, and then you have Davenport, Iowa, and then there's two other cities just south of that, that you know that, that are like apparently like big cities, <laughs> and um, and so they call it quad they call it quad cities because there's like four of them that are right there on the illinois iowa border and so that is kind of where i will be living where i'll be staying at least for the start of the year and then um yeah so we'll see we'll see where it goes from there but good coach good organization and i'm really i'm really excited and really happy to to finally get going but we don't start until october so yeah. i have a lot of a lot of time to kind of sit on it and train and get that stuff, but I'm, I'm itching. I'm ready. So. Yeah, no. And, and if you guys want to, you know, keep up with, you know, Joel's professional career, you know, before, and as it's going, follow the quad city storm on, on Instagram, Twitter, you know, wherever they're at and, you know, when Joel scores goal or whatever he does on the ice, you know, be able to keep up with him over there. Um, yeah. But continue going. Um, Saber news. Uh, the Sabers have made a couple moves uh, within the organization down throughout, not you know on the main roster, but you know stuff with the Amherst and ECHL as we were talking about a moment ago. Um, just sprinkle through this really quick. Uh, the Sabers re-signed um, forward Linus Weisbach to a one-year two-way contract worth seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Last season with the Amherst, he had forty-seven points in sixty-nine games played. Um, Amherst fans love Weisbach. Uh, he's he's a very gritty player. He plays the game uh, with a lot of speed. Gets you know he's a little bit of a smaller player, but gets you know himself into the low corners, figures things out, and produces points. He's been a major reason why uh, the Amherst have been producing and 
playing as well as they have been over the last two years. So it's good to have Linus back. And then, uh, you know, the Sabres also bring back uh, Brett Murray. Brett Murray is a guy who's played a few NHL games with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, same thing, a two-way contract worth $250,000 or $750,000. Um, he had 49 points in 71 games last year with the Amherst. Um, a player that, if called upon, could come up and be a big body on the fourth line for the Sabres. Um, we've seen him be a big front big in front net presence, not only down in the AHL, but in the NHL. Um, very talented forward. Um, do I see him up with the Sabres too much this year? No, not unless there's injuries or anything really goes wrong. But again, it's a, it's a, it's a great body to have in Rochester and, you know, glad to have him back. So that's very good there. And then um, speaking of rookies, um, younger players, uh, Sabres second round pick Anton Wahlberg signs his three-year entry-level contract deal with the Sabres. Um, he won't be up with the Sabres yet, but it's good to know that he's already ready to commit to the organization, signing his three-year entry-level contract because guys take a long time to sign those three-year entry-level contracts sometimes. So it's good to yeah. see that Anton Wahlberg, you know, is 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 ready to go for that. And then uh, the last piece of Sabre news um, that's really important is that the Sabres have a new ECHL affiliate. Um, we talked, we mentioned it, you know, talking about, you know, professional stuff. Um, but it's the Jacksonville Iceman. Uh, so the Sabres are going all the way from, you know, Cincinnati, which is, a, you know, a little more West and we're, we're going, you know, Southeast going all the way to Jacksonville, all the way in Florida. So I, I, I like the move. Um, and you know, it's always good. It's always fresh, you know, to have, you know, new organizations, um, in the ECHL. I like it's usually, it. It's usually relationship based, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like, so they, who, I mean, who knows? I mean, I'm just speculating here, but say, sure. say they might say they might, uh, get along, you know, the GMs might get along better between, you know, the, between either the Sabres in Rochester and Jacksonville. Right. Um, you know, they could have a history there. They could be recruiting like the same, they could have the same vision for players, right. The same vision for development. Um, yeah. and so I, I feel like that's, I feel like that's a very big factor when it comes to news like this. Um, either that or Cincinnati is cleaning house, right? Like maybe they are, maybe they are getting rid of, you know, uh, a bunch of, you know, uh, higher ups or whatever. And, and so it's time for the Sabres to, to, you know, look, look elsewhere. And they probably were interviewing, you know, either, either interviewing, I'm not sure how the process that's actually, a, yeah, that would be a cool thing I, to kind of figure out how it works. Yeah, no, it is. Cause I, I'm pretty sure the contract with Cincinnati and Buffalo did expire. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. the, the, the Sabres didn't even renew it. They just looked to go otherwise, and they went south going to Jacksonville, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is something that's definitely been in place, you know, that they knew for a while if the contract was up. Um, so, yeah, that, that that that's interesting, though. I mean, a lot of people um, are, are kind of confused by that. I mean, there's – so you have, like, teams that are like um, – oh, shoot. I, there should be – I should know this off the top of my head, but – like um, Vancouver, I believe they have the Abbotsford Canucks, right? And that that's their AHL affiliate. They're right in their backyard, right? Yeah. But their their East Coast team, I believe, is like out east. Yeah. So it's like if you're getting a call up from the coast in the A, it's like you're <laughs> you're flying across the country. Um, yeah. And so they it it's 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 people get confused of like oh like 
why are they so far, you know, from the AHL team or the, well, this is all contracts. This is all money, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It's all relationships. Yeah, like the, the teams just being where they are is just where they are. Yeah. And, and in a perfect world, it would be nice for the Sabres to have their affiliate in Rochester, obviously the Amherst, and then maybe have yeah. uh, an ECHL team in Syracuse or somewhere else in your close. Yeah. And, but that's just not how it works. I mean, the, a funny team, Toronto, Toronto's pretty beneficiary. Their AHL team is late, right? Yeah. The smack dab yeah. city of Toronto, the Marlies play at yeah. Coca-Cola Coliseum right over there. But yeah, I mean, again, that's just the Sabre news that we have for now. Nothing crazy. Uh, just because we're in the midst of the off season, the draft's yeah. over guys, you know, signing their entry level contracts. Still got to wait for training camp and all that to come around. So, you know, a little dry with the hockey news for the Sabres wise, but still, still enough to talk about. Um, Joel, I, I want to get into some league wide news. Yeah. Um, the, the, the big one that I, you know, think, we should, you know, start talking about really quick is, uh, that Connor Bedard signed his three-year entry-level contract with the Chicago yep. Blackhawks. Obviously this has come to be expected. Yep. First overall pick based on the franchise, he's going to yep. sign the deal. Bedard signing the contract, you know, relatively soon after the draft, it's got to feel pretty good for Chicago Blackhawks fans. Not, you know, not having to speculate if their their number one draft pick is going to sign. Yeah, I mean, I, I would doubt, I would doubt anybody thought that uh, he wasn't going sure. to do this. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's good. It's one of those things that's good to see. You know, if you're if you're a Blackhawks fan, even if you're a league fan, I mean, obviously you want to see this kid do well. Um, he's definitely yeah. he he is the closest thing you know that we have to McDavid since McDavid, sure. I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's he's definitely got the, the power to be a generational talent. So I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a cool thing to finally see it in ink, and um, if you're a fan, but yeah, no, I mean, nobody nobody expected any other outcome other than this. Obviously, they got it done as soon as they could. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at the article yet or anything because I feel like there's not really much else to no. talk about it. But yeah, it's good for them, good for good for everybody involved right now, and um, hopefully, you know, hopefully it. it goes as well as Blackhawks fans want it to go. So, Yep. And some other news around the league. Um, Joel, I'll let you talk a little bit about on this. Um, yeah. A trade request coming out of Washington. Evgeny okay. Kunetsov wants out yeah. of Washington. Uh, Kunetsov had 55 points in 81 games last year. He is 31 years old, but he's still mm -hmm. able to produce at a high level as you know he's a really talented player. Yeah. No, I mean, th there's – listen, if you're a fan – even even the guys in the media, like they they know literally nothing most of the time, especially about like situations like this. Um, there obviously is always speculations. You hear rumors, yada yada yada. But um, he's he, I think he's had trouble with that organization for a little bit for a little bit now, and he got in some trouble after they after they won the uh, after they won the cup a few years back. He's partying too hard and whatnot. Um. And when also when he signed his contract, I believe he also got in trouble again. Uh, there, you know, it, 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 it becomes, it comes down to a point where if you have a if you have like, if you keep getting in trouble with that organization, they're going to start either taking things away from you or they're going to start not giving you, you know, the benefit of the doubt if something else goes wrong, whatever. Everybody knows how life is in that respect. So maybe it might be the best in his best interest to move on and to, you know, get a fresh start somewhere else. 
Um, but however, he's a hell of a player. So I think any team will be extremely lucky to have him. And, you know, you never know with, you never know with guys like that, like maybe that, that fresh start, you know, put him, put him in a new spot. He might, it might straighten him out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like not saying that he, you know, needs it, but you know, there's a reason that something, you know, was going on with Washington. So, um, you know, if he, if he requests that trade, you know, that's, you know, that's part of the NHLPA. Like you have that right. Um, you know, you have that right. And he's, he's lucky. He's good enough to be able to request that trade. Um, because he knows, you know, other teams are going to want him. So, but he's a high, high, highly skilled forward. I mean, he did really, I mean, that when, when Washington won their cup, I mean, he's arguably one of their best players. No, like, yeah. um, so, I mean, you can definitely make the argument that he's going to be a huge piece wherever he lands. And I think Washington, it sounds like, is going a much different route anyway. I mean, there were guys that they, there are guys that they, their, their trade, like their free agent signings and the guys that they've traded for and stuff are, are, they're, they're kind of turning a new leaf a little bit. So, um, yeah, this, this is just fits into that mold. And, um, shoot, I mean, Kuznetsov in a Savers jersey, what do you think? Oof. It'd be interesting because he does still have two more years at his $7.8 million cap hit. So could I see the Sabres potentially bringing him on? There's a there's a chance he they could. Um, but I, I got to see where the Sabres are right now. They might not traditionally bring in um, a 31-year-old center at this point. When you take a look at the Sabres centers, they're all you know 26 yeah. and yeah. younger. Exactly. And they got, they got, well, I'm they pretty got sure you can play wing too, right? He play wing. Um, yeah, I mean he's talented enough probably to play wing. Um, if the if the chance is there, if uh if he would come here and take a restructure, yeah, why not? I, I'd be all for it. I wouldn't personally I wouldn't be for paying Kuznetsov no. at seven point eight just no. at this point in where the Sabres are. But if he uh came here and said maybe five million, four point five, yeah, yeah maybe we then, could talk a little bit then. I would I would yeah, that'll be interesting to see if um Washington retains any of the salary. I don't, I, I feel like there's going to be some team that, that needs them. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, a, t- a team like you know, maybe like the Coyotes who aren't yeah. paying a ton of guys need the players. Yeah. yeah. They all go out and make Kuznetsov one of their top players and yeah. keep him there and, and he'll, you know, play two more years on the contract, you know, he's playing for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, yeah. that's, the, that's the Kuznetsov front. Um, just as some other, uh, you know, news around the league. Uh, Tanner, Genot, two years, two point six six five, resigning yep. with the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Good for the Lightning, just you know, yep. getting some of their guys back. Um, Leo Carlson signs his entry level contract. Uh, mm-hmm. The Flyers buy out Tony D'Angelo. Uh, his contract buyout, so yeah. he'll be placed on unconditional waivers. And it seems like Tony D'Angelo ever since you know couple years ago he, he's bouncing from team to team it feels like yeah but i, I mean i don't know he's such a such a talented player but it seems like everywhere he's going he's just having you know, issues in the locker room yeah. and so you know he's just going it, from yeah the i mean to the rangers flyers yeah, you can't just you can't stick anywhere well it's you know you you can't let your emotions get to you in certain instances and it's tough it's tough in this in this world now, I would say to like, if you make one decision, if you, you know, if you, if you make one mistake, if you make one decision, it, it kind of taints your reputation forever. Um, and then if you get on the bad side of the media, 
I mean, you're it's over, you know, and, and yeah. he's had a couple now. Right. And he's trying to make up for it. And he had, and I think, what did he go like a year or two there without any problems at all? You had guys defending him in the locker room, you know, yeah. and then here we go again, you know, so it's there, there's, you know, who knows, who knows what it could be. It could be stuff he's saying behind closed doors. It could be a, res- you know, disrespect for authority. Who knows? But yeah. yeah, it's tough. You hate to see it. You hate to see it, especially out of a good player too. So no, he's a super talented player. Like when you, yeah. when you take a look at it, power, power, yeah. especially he's a right shot defenseman. And I know. when you take a look at the top right shot defenseman in the NHL, there's not a big pool. of them. I know. And, and Tony D'Angelo, yeah. when he's on his game, when he's playing, yeah. he is one of the better right shot defensemen in the yeah. game especially and he's a puck moving defenseman teams love that nowadays yeah he doesn't but take a lot yeah. of risks but he he knows how to so. take a good calculated risk and it, and it works out well for him uh also the uh the galchenyuk thing we got to touch on that a little bit yeah if you want to get to that one oh, i mean shoot that this guy man he signs he signs with arizona uh, and 12 days later 12 days later, he's getting, he, you know, he's getting his contract terminated or, or, you know, and, and I just, I, I don't get it, man. These guys are making more money than anybody can even wrap their heads around playing, you know, in our opinion, the best sport in the world, right? Or actually maybe sure. not for you. You like football, but, Both I, good. <laughs> but like, I mean, these guys, man, I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't like, and, and getting in trouble. So what Galchenyuk happened or what happened with him was uh, he got, he got in trouble the cops were called and he was resisting arrest and just making a scene and, you know, clearly being a nuisance to society and he got locked up. The team found out and terminated his contract. I mean, 12, you know, 12 days after he signed a, a fresh one, getting a fresh start with a new team. I mean, the guy's already been on like four teams in the past three and a half years. I just don't, I just don't I, I don't understand what's going through these guys' heads anymore. Um when when this kind of stuff happens. But either way, he's he's so he's a free agent now. Um yeah. highly doubt anybody's gonna take a chance on him. Uh considering it's already July and this is happening. Um yeah. you know, I mean when does when's the Sabres uh training camp start up? Uh, Sabres training camp, I believe, starts up in a little bit. I'm not sure exa- the exact dates. I'd have to yeah. look. Back. Is it as August though, like mid August? I would. I want to say August. Yeah, August maybe uh, beginning. Maybe of it, could, it might actually be uh, end of August. Sorry, but yeah, it's like, like my, beginning of September. My point is, just man, it's already the middle of July, and you know this stuff's happening. You got this. You know, media's hot on you. I I don't know. It just it's just screwing himself over and just, you know, lost a lot more money and lost an opportunity to play in the NHL, which is like such a privilege. Right. So I don't know. I, I figured we'd touch on that a little bit, you know, Yeah. but no, for sure. And, and again, it's, um, you know, for, for himself, he's obviously going to have to do some recuperating, uh, yep. you know, figure out after the incident that happened. And I'm sure he'll find his way back in the league at some point, but it's probably going to have to start. Yeah playing in the minors, playing in the AHL, you know, something yeah. like that. I mean, you know, it's even though he signed with Arizona, which isn't the pristine team to play for in the league, you know, outside of some of the others, but still he's getting an NHL contract. He's going to be playing a ton of games. He's going to be in a, in a pretty solid role for Arizona. But again, after that, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And 
it's going to have to, you know, turn around for himself and whatever next organization he goes to. So I think that's it for the league wide news, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. I just want, well, I wanted to mention one thing. Um, uh, The ECHL is receiving, uh, or actually not receiving, sorry. They are not creating, but they are, they're, there's a new expansion team in the East coast hockey league. Sorry. It took, sorry. It took a while for me to get that one out. Um, the, uh, they haven't, they haven't come up with a name yet, but it's in Lake Tahoe. Um, you remember, you remember a few years back when the, uh, shoot, who did the avalanche play? Did they play Boston? I forgot. There was a winner. They had a winter classic there at Lake Tahoe and it was beautiful. It was, it was one of the coolest hockey games you could ever see on TV. There were barely any fans there, but, the lake was like the lake was there, like um, the 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 skyline was just gorgeous, um, and so clearly that was a you know clearly that was a, a test run to see how things worked out there and how many fans they could get and the community and whatnot. And uh, here we go, a few years later, Lake Tahoe's getting an East Coast team. Not sure who they're affiliated with. I just read the article like you know before this, and um, there's not really a whole lot that they know about it. They don't know a name. They don't know anything. Um, but they're, they're bringing one, uh, they're bringing a team there, which is really cool. I think, um, and then not to mention Tim Tebow is actually a part owner in it. So, really? or actually, I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's part owner. And do you want to take a wild guess at what ECHL team Tim Tebow was partner o- part owner of before that? Was it the Cincinnati Cyclones? No. It's Jacksonville Iceman, and I'm pretty sure really? he, he might still. Well, that would make so, sense. That yeah. that would make sense because uh, Tebow played college for the Florida yeah. Gators, yeah. Um, and then he also had that little stint um, a couple years ago when he tried to switch positions from quarterback to tight end, and he yeah. went to Jacksonville under. Why oh, am I forgetting the coach's name? The coach Jacksonville just a couple years ago, but you guys, Team TV was over in Jacksonville. And then obviously that whole situation happened where he didn't throw. So he's always had those roots to Florida. So it makes sense. Yeah. When you know, that does make, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's actually a really good point. So yeah, I thought that was a cool little thing. Uh, it's huge, huge for the game to, to reach out to a, to a, um, to a spot like that. Um, so yeah, I think urban Meyer, that's urban Meyer, urban Meyer. Oh yeah. That, yeah. yeah, I I don't know why that blanked. I just forget about it. It's so bad. There's so many sports, man. <laughs> so much going on at all times. Oh, it's okay. But yeah, so that was um yeah, I thought that was cool. Cool little tidbit. But other than that, let's wrap up league wide and get to the good stuff. All right. So Joel, I think this is um when I sent you this text uh just yeah. a little bit ago, I think this is something that you were really excited about. Oh, and yeah. this is something I'm excited about. And uh, you know, everyone listening and viewing, I'm sure this will be something that you guys can be intrigued to watch Spark and listen to. Some debate. It's yeah, sparks some debate. Um, so this morning, Joel and myself were coming up with a list. Uh, we were coming up with a list for our top ten centers in the National Hockey League. Now, the way we're going to do this is a um, we're going to give a few honorable mentions, and then we're going to go back and forth okay. from ten to one. Now, I'm oh, sure really? there may okay. be a, yeah, we're going to go me, you, me, you down yeah. to ten to one. Now. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a couple spots where we have the same players, you know, give or yeah. take one or two spots differently. But there's also going to be spots on the list where you're going to completely disagree with me and vice versa. 
Yeah. And then, then that's that's the beauty of this list is Absolutely. because it's a top 10 centers in the NHL list, not by executives, coaches, players. It's a top 10 centers list in the NHL by two guys on a podcast. Yeah. And it's again, it's going to be it's going to be opinionated. It's going to be, you know, preference based. And that's the way I think I think it'll be fun, fun doing this. Um, So I'll, I'll start off. Um, with my honorable mentions, I have a couple guys that no particular order, but these are guys that could be in the top 10 any given season. Yeah. It's just that personally yep. right now, I feel like they're not there, but they're, they're, they're right on the break. Um, yep. Cage Thompson for the Buffalo Sabres, Kenny Malkin for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mika advantage for the Rangers, Dylan Larkin for your Redwings, Clayton Keller, brain point. Okay. Yeah. If there's a you know a no, name or two that I'm, for the most part, those are guys that have, have been either consistent for a while, um, have just have just bursted onto the scene, like like Tage Thompson bursted onto the scene. Clayton Keller had a very good season this year. Um, Brayton Point had another phenomenal season. Yep. Um, Dylan Larkin's, you know, been kind of himself for the consistent over the last, you know, three or four seasons, but he's another great player. Malkin's been doing it for a long time, Zabanajed. Again, it's mm -hmm. like there, there's a couple of players like I want to put Thompson in the top ten. I want to put Zabanjan yeah. in the top ten. Point, yeah. point. I want to put in the top five because I love his game. But I, I, yeah. I don't know it's just hard. Brayden points yeah. no, like it, one it, of my favorite players to watch. Yeah. Oh, and and another honorable mention, um, Ryan O'Reilly too. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. And and and, and Steven Stamkos. I'm gonna give him one or not. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you, um, I think you, I think you named all mine. <laughs> um no, I don't. Yeah. so yeah you're yeah you know you're you are spot on of uh, that is that is i mean i so when you said pick honorable mentions i only picked i only picked three because i didn't think uh, i didn't want to get too out of hand with it okay. but you're but no yeah there's, you're there's so you many spot on with uh with every single one of them uh thank you for including larkin in there uh, i didn't include him in, even in my own but um but thank you for that uh, that's he's, I, I mean, I think I do agree with you on him. Um, I agree not the flashiest center, but no, well, well yeah, does, but I mean, does the intangible the, stuff, right. Does everything. Right. I mean, are any of your, I mean, are any of the, the bottom five of your top 10 or any of them like considered flashy? Depends. Depends who you ask. Exactly. Right. Like, so it's, it's kind of, kind of one of those things. Um, Tage Thompson, easy easy honorable mention um for anybody yeah, phenomenal um, making making a list like this um uh my second one is the reason i wore 91 growing up steven stamkos i mean the guy i mean I, I forgot where he landed in um in in points and everything this year but um he's he's if you ask any player like when they're on the ice like you have to be aware of him uh he's yeah, an offensive threat. shot yeah, he's he's an offensive threat, and he's he's developed his game so much. Um, the only one I think that you did not mention that I have, and you probably have him in your top ten since you didn't mention him, um, is Elias Pettersson. Um, I and and yeah, and I think he I think he's right there. I mean, I I would have, you know, on depending on the day you ask me, he could have been eight, nine, or ten. But um, other than that, you everybody you named um, perfectly spot on. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, yeah. really, really underrated one there. Yeah, um, still can still can play very well. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, but the thing is though, is you ask, shoot, you, you make us do this top 10 list two years ago. It's probably he's in probably probably top seven 10. or yeah. Yeah. It's probably six or seven. Sure. Say. But yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and, and going, going forward now, uh, moving into the top 10, yeah. I actually, I, I had Stamkos at 10. You did, but I did move him. Uh, I'm sure you probably know where I'm going with this. Yeah. yeah we I talked do. about it be, be, before the show. We did. We did. We, we did. Just because I got, I didn't know where, where to, where to put him here. Um, but at number 10, I have uh, Patrice Bergeron. Okay. For myself. Um, yep. Again, Selkie winner. Selkie Cannon every single year. For some reason, even at 38 years of age, the guy doesn't ever want to go away on the defensive side of the game, right? He yep. could he could totally be at 38 years old saying, hey, I want to play a couple more years in the league. I'm just going to, you know, not as give it, you know, as much on the defensive side as it did maybe a year or two ago. But every year it seems like he gives more and more on the defensive side of the game. And as a Sabres fan, I'm not a huge fan of the Boston Bruins, but it, it's hard to not watch a guy like Patrice Bergeron and be amazed and, and just be memorized and stuff like that when you watch his game, not only offensively, but defensively and vice versa. It, it is just, you know, a pleasure to watch Bergeron. And it, it is sad to see that, you know, he is – nearing the end of his career yeah. uh, in Boston and in the NHL. Um, but man, what a player, what a talent he is. Yeah. He's no, I mean, he plays the game the right way. Um, anybody that knows anything, uh, you know, anybody that knows anything about the game of hockey, whether they've played or whether they watch it, you know, consistently, you have to appreciate um, a guy that like him that can put up good numbers, right? They're not great. They're not superstar, but he puts up very solid, good numbers. But at the same time, he is a lockdown on defense, right? Like you, you have to appreciate it. You just, it's unbelievable. I, yeah. And that's why I have him ranked higher than 10. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no. So that's just, yeah. The the only reason I have him at 10 and not is just because his offensive game did drop a little bit. Yeah. And then that is due to come with age. Sure. And I, I may value offensive maybe a little more than, than you do on this list. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, but just compared to the other offensive threats that I have up on my list, yeah. I just had to drop them just a little bit down. But again, like nine and nine and ten for me, once I do get to nine, like they're switchable. Same with the guys we have for much. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I was going to I was going to say, like, and I'm sure I don't want to speak for you, but I'm pretty sure you might agree with this. Um my my top ten, I one through nine, one I it, actually I'll I'll say it one through ten, is 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 a tough thing because obviously it's subjective, but my one through six, my one through six in my opinion are game breakers. They are guys yep. when they are on the ice, they need to be watched or else they will put up multiple points on you a night, right? Yeah. However, and like, and so that kind of overpowers the the second tier yeah. for a center in the NHL, which is the complete game, right? Like, you're a center for a reason. You're the first guy back in the D zone, and the first guy, you know, on the puck in the D zone a lot of the times. Um, and so that's kind of how I would break down my list. You have the six guys that are game breakers and then the four that are, you know, that just play the game the right way. 
Okay. Yeah. And so that's my preface to it. My number 10 is Mika Zibanejad. I think that he, I think that he rounds out my list perfectly because he's big, um, because he plays the right way, like I was saying, and because I think he, he will, he will be one of the main pieces when New York finally does make their run eventually. Um, you know, whenever that is, that's up for debate, obviously. But um, I think that Zavanajad has all the tools to to be a game breaker. Um, but he his his pure his pure talent and size just puts him at such a big advantage compared to most centers that he's lined up with. And yeah. he when he gets hot, man, he is hard to stop. And streaky really? players, streaky players like that, a lot of people go, Oh, he's lucky, whatever. Well, there's a reason. So yeah. he uh he's 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 my solid number 10. And then uh who do you, who do you got for number nine? This is gonna get interesting here. Yeah, so I did have Zabanage at um right outside of my top ten, again at yeah. like 12, 12, 13. But that's the same mm -hmm. thing for me as as nine nine through twelve. I mean, you really can't go wrong there, right? No, they're right then and there. Um, number nine uh, for myself, it's gonna be Elias Pettersson. And the only reason okay. I have Elias Pettersson at nine is because yeah. when you take a look through his career, he's always been this player that's you know been taken out with a couple injuries. He hasn't yep. been able to play the full season, um, and he's always had talented seasons. He's always had productive seasons, but he hasn't mm -hmm. really ever had that season where he's made his mark and he's per, you know projected himself into the top 10 conversation yeah he's always been one of those players hey, if he's healthy he can do his thing yeah. and this year he was healthy played 80 games yeah. 102 points for yeah. elias patterson smashing his you know yeah past career highs by yeah. almost like 40 points yeah like um we all know elias patterson has an elite shot one of one of the one of the yeah. best releases in the game. It feels like it just anytime he's on the ice, be, yeah. he can rip it for, rip it from anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now he isn't the strongest on the puck compared to other guys mm -hmm. like Zavanajad and and yeah. you know others that you know we'll, we'll get to on this list. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just something something more I like with um, Pedersen that we'll see next year and the yeah. following seasons as he continues to stay healthy and you know he just continues to you know, become the player he is. Absolutely. No. Yeah. You are, you are spot on about everything. I mean, it, it is a breakout year. Um, definitely, you know, gets you into that conversation, I think, but a breakout year doesn't put you on the top 10. So that would be my yeah. only rebuttal, but you are, you're no, you're spot on about everything yeah. you said. He finally gets a full year. Good for him. Makes the most of it. Boom. He's there. Right. Yeah. So I, I like it. Um, my number nine, personal favorite uh one of my favorite players if not my favorite i'd have to i'd have to think about this more it's hard for me to pick a favorite on a lot of things alexander barkov um he is my number nine uh i think that another guy where he just plays the game the right way he is more of a defensive threat than an offensive threat sometimes but when he has the puck on his stick you don't know what's going to happen um I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but my favorite player of all time is Pavel Datsuk. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And there are there are only a there are only a select few players in the in the NHL right now that have any any tools, like and the the amount of tools and the the vibe of his game. 
And I think Barkov is one of them. So um, just his defensive presence, uh, how he, you know, how he can, you know, lead, you know, he's on the top half of, uh, you know, leading the league in takeaways. He is, uh, he, he plays the game the right way. Um, you can, you see how, what he led, you know, he's a captain of Florida. You saw what he led them to this year. Um, and he didn't even have that good of a, he didn't even have that good of a postseason, um, you know, for his yeah. standards, but he still found a way to do the right things. Um, and uh, I, yeah, so I, I, I stand by my number nine. Uh, I really do think that uh, I think in, if you watch his, um, if you watch his shootouts, you watch his, his skill plays, his, his size and his sheer ability to, um, you know, distribute the puck, but at the same time score, it's hard to, hard to beat that. So, um, that he, he's my number nine. So we talked about this before the show. We were, I was trying to guess what player you had super high in your list that I didn't. Yeah. And I was completely wrong. You were correct. Um, my number eight is Alexander Barkov. <laughs> really? Uh, right. Yes. I, I have Barkov at eight. So I was I was a little higher on Barkov than you were on, on the list. I know. Wise. Yeah. And I, I don't really know how to describe Barkov other than taking your words and just replaying them. Uh, because, again, Barkov yeah. does everything right. He's very consistent. Um, shows up in the playoffs. Um, he obviously was a leading player on the Florida Panthers Daily Cup playoff yeah. run. Um, the only reason I don't have Barkov too high compared to others, and you were talking about your top six, the, the game-breaking yeah. players yeah. that you completely have to pay attention yep. to every single time. I just once in a while I felt like Barkov was invisible. Yeah. Just here and there in the playoffs watching him. Offensively, once in a while, he just wasn't there compared yep. to yep. the other guys he's going up against. Exactly. No, it, it is. And and that was, yeah. And I mean, one of my biggest, like one of my biggest or most important piece of, pieces of advice I ever got, like growing up in the game of hockey is like, especially as a forward now, like you, like if you're not having a good game, you, you need to find a way to contribute like one way or another say like you can't handle a puck a day or something you know a game you get out there you can't handle a puck go out there and kill somebody go go you know put them through the glass like you have to find a way to contribute and, and you have to you know sharpen all your tools because like you don't know when you don't know when each tool is going to be called right so and i think barkov is a, exactly what you said perfect example of that this year the the team the team was the team was scoring carter verhage scored like Five overtime winners, um, you know. Crazy. Uh, you know um, who is your who is your guy from Buffalo? Molson. Reinhardt. Uh, Reinhardt. Yeah, Reinhardt. Molson. Yeah, seriously, what a name, eh? Um, yeah. You know, Re Reinhardt. Like that guy went. Like, there was no shortage, and then obviously Kachuk, but like no shortage of offensive, you know, threats there. And so Barkov, he didn't need to be that guy. He didn't need to step up of offensively. And like he probably tried to, but he, but it wasn't working. So guess what? He was just a lockdown defender and he was a great, you know, one of the reasons they went on their run. So I couldn't agree with you more. Big, big shout out to you. But at the same time, and this is going to make a lot of sense because I think we're going to be recycling a few of the same names here. Um, yeah. My, uh, my number, my number eight is Patrice Bergeron. Um, so, so. It, it's basically just, you know, we're, we, we have the same mindset. We're just, you know, at, at different numbers. Um, yeah. Bergeron for me, Bergeron for me, I guess I'm a little bit, I'm not going to say biased, 
But when I put him at eight, I was kind of thinking about his accolades. Um, I was kind oh, of thinking about sure. a, I was kind those. of thinking about his career, um, you know, because it's hard for me to put Barkov or Zabinajad for me over Patrice Bergeron. You know, I get the yeah. age thing. I get I get it. But he, for for, you know, watching a defensive center like him grow up, he would he would play the best game. He would be the the best game. He would have the best game out of both teams, but he'd be the quietest guy, you know, um, and another guy that kind of has the same kind of kind of presence as uh, as a, as a Pavel Datsuk on the ice. So I really do like I, those between him and Barkov. Those are you know going to be two guys that earn respect from millions of fans. Um, but yeah, I, also another thing with Bergeron that I don't think we mentioned yet. Oh, before I wrap up, number eight is uh, his faceoffs. Um, oh, he, I think uh, I think on I think on this list except for my number three, who I'm sure you're really interested in finding out who that is now. Uh, other than, other than, other than my number three, I think Bergeron is the best at faceoffs on my entire list. So sure. Yeah. Um, He's up there. I, and so, I mean, that, that counts for something. Um, I, oh, no, I mean, I, I, our coach, our coach there at Buff state, I mean, uh, coach Murph, he, he, you know, he was big on a big proponent on that. I mean, it's, it, the best way to describe it is it's just like why faceoffs are so important is it, that's the team that starts out with the puck. I mean, think about how big of an advantage that is. If you're every time the guy is on the ice, if you're starting out with the puck 60, 70% of the time, you know, like that's, you know, that's going to be a huge advantage. Uh, so yeah. I, I think that, that, that kind of that between those two things that kind of bumped him up uh, past a couple guys on, on my list. So, all right. Um, what are, what are you at? You're not number seven. Yes, number seven. Um, I really, I want to put this guy higher. I really do. I, okay. I really do. Um, but I just want to see a little bit more. Um, I want to see a little more playoffs out of him. Um, okay. Phenomenal talent. Jumped up quicker than I ever could have thought. A lot of doubters, and he proved them a lot. A lot of them wrong. Ooh. Number seven, Jack Hughes. Um, oh, let's go. Okay. So I got Jack Hughes at number seven, um, obviously coming in, um, you know, getting drafted first overall is the year lose for Hughes. Right. Yeah. And the first, you know, year or two in the league, people were kind of figuring out who Jack Hughes was and people were kind of labeling him not as a bust per se, but not the first overall pick no, they were. player. No, they were. I went on a rant there, about it last. I went on a rant yeah, about it last true, episode. They did call him a bust. That's why I was so upset. There were people. Yeah. I'm just, people. People I talked to. I didn't really call him a bust. No, but there was no. people out there. He called him a bust, and um, he turned it around. And in this season, man, he really yeah. put himself on the map. He put. Yeah. He did. Not only did he put himself on the map, he put the New Jersey Devils on the map. He did. And absolutely. That's the biggest reason why I have this guy at seven. It's because yeah. without him, the New New Jersey Devils aren't where they are. Now they're a super talented team through and through. But when you have a guy putting up. 100 points basically in 78 games in at the age he's at and, and he's getting better as a defensive center he had almost a point he was almost a point per game in the playoffs mm -hmm. i like what we're seeing you know out of jack hughes and he's only going to continue to get better super smooth on the ice and, and and i don't know where you have jack hughes on your list but as as of right now he isn't in what what you would describe your list as your your top six game breaking centers the guys that if you don't yeah. pay attention to they're going to put you know multiple points on on yeah. on the board 
that's the player Jack Hughes is, and he's becoming that. He just isn't there every night. You know, once he gets that consistency in his game, and he's a viable threat every single night compared to other guys, easy top five center in the league for years to come. Guy's super talented, one of the best young players in the league, and he's only getting better. He's on par with some of the best in the league at age 21. Couldn't agree more. Um, we, we're we going to have to write this down somewhere, but we are definitely going to have to do this every year, this this top 10 centers. Because I want to save them too. I want to yeah. save them too, because we can see how they change throughout the year uh, or the years. Sorry. Um, but you're, you're right. And I'm about to make you mad, um, right. but I actually don't have Jack Hughes on my list at all. Oh, you don't I actually, at all. I, I, I thought I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to mention him in the honorable mentions, but since you didn't, I thought you were actually kind of going the route of you didn't want you like you weren't going to put him on anything like this was his big year. Yeah. But like you, it was kind of like, um, who are we, who are we just talking about? Patterson. Kind of like Patterson. It was kind of like Patterson. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, that, I, I took that, I took that route with it. So I am okay. sorry about that because no, no he, he is, he's definitely like it really. I mean, now that we're like talking about it, like he is definitely like for me, he's probably a 10, 11 or 12. Like without a doubt, yeah. um, uh, you know, given the fact of what he can do and what he, he you're hundred percent right. He put the, he put New Jersey on the map. Um, he was one of the big reasons why they were there um, and why they run, won that first round too. No doubt. Um, without it. Yeah. That I, yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, whenever you have some, okay. So, Cause we're starting to get into the higher, not higher numbers, but we're starting to get into the, the, the game breakers now in, you're right. He is. He is a game breaker. There is no, there is no doubt about that. Um, but I think, I think what I, I think now that I'm looking at my list, I'm starting to realize where, where my picks are going. I'm, I'm going for older guys. You're going for the younger guys. I'm oh, going for the older ones. I, I left okay. someone, I left someone off my list that I am, I am not happy about. Really? Who, yeah. who, like, or can can I ask who, or maybe? Um, I mean, you could, but this is where I would I would put him right right where I would just bump a slot down. Okay. See now that yeah, I mean, I wish I could I wish I could do that now for eight, nine, yeah. and ten because of Jack Hughes. But um, okay. So my number seven is Anze Kopitar. Really? Um, yeah. Um, because because like I said, you have I for me I had my top six was the game breakers and then my my seven through ten so my last four were more defensive minded play the right game and in my opinion Anze Kopitar is the best out of that 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 select that select group of players um I can't even tell you how many I can't even tell you how many Selkie he's Selkies he's won how many times he's been nominated for it. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure he's got a couple lady bings, but he, the guy plays the game the right way. Uh, he, another, another face-off guy um, does everything and more for that LA Kings organization. Um, good guy off the ice too. Very quiet. Um, if he was in a bigger NHL market, you would hear his name all the time. He would be in the same conversation as Bergeron. He would be, you know what I mean? He would, he would he would be much more talked about than he is, but he's having a sure. very quiet Hall of Fame career out in L.A. 
he's won how many cups has he won two i mean two. Yeah. so uh yeah i mean there's i think he is the best out of that category and now you're going to see a major shift for me in my list for now we're talking about these the next six guys that i will name and i'm sure you're you and i are going to have the same pretty much yeah and, and we're um it's it's not hard it's not hard um yeah. but these no, no, next guys are, and, gonna, and, are yeah in game breakers and the player that i'm just going to talk about that i I don't know if I exactly would have him in my top 10, but man, he would be right. If not like on the edge of my honorable mentions. Sure. sure. Uh, I'd be Ooh. Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was really, I wanted to, I wanted to put him in my number 10. I wanted yeah, to. Gosh. He I just, it, 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 it yeah. seems like when, when the playoffs come around, Ajo ascends his game. Yeah. Every oh. single season. Yep. And it, it is. And it's like, okay, if it happens one year, yeah. All right. We'll see the next year too. It's like, okay. It's hard to basically judge it, but when it happens three, four, four years in a row, it's this guy is just meant for the playoffs. He's built for the playoffs, um, and he plays the game um, the right way, like you say. Um, my number six. Yeah, my number six. Um, probably my favorite player in the NHL. There it is. I knew it. We have the same. Okay, Jack Eichel. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go number six, Jack Eichel. Um, regular season wise, didn't have the points that the other guys had. Like only had 66 points in 67 games. But for me, that's just due to him still figuring out who he is as a player with his surgery, um, still getting comfortable in Vegas. Um, but man, when he saw the limelight, when he mm -hmm. saw the light at the end of the tunnel and he figured out the game that he needed to play, the, the way he needed to play the game, because I still think he was figuring out how to play the NHL game, the best of his ability. Yeah. And we saw that in the playoffs. The Jack Eichel we saw in the playoffs going forward is the pl the player I'm putting at six. The player that Jack Eichel played like in the playoffs is the player that he's going to continue to play like for the rest of his career. 26 points in 22 games, one of the best playoff performances by an individual in recent memory. He had one of the top three best starts uh, for a player entering the postseason in his NHL career. Jack Eichel, number six. I'm telling you right now, next four years, don't be surprised if this guy wins a Selkie. He's figuring his defensive game out to some of the best ability, um, and his yep. offensive game is unlike none other. Jack Geichel at six. I won't even. I won't even touch that. You said it perfectly. You said it. You you said it perfectly. That is. So you got. So you got Eichel at six. Yep. All right. Yep. I like that. I think. I think that's the perfect ranking for for Eichel because I think so, he too. can do. He can do almost everything yep. that that the guy the five guys ahead of him can do when he's on his game it's yeah. just the five guys have him ahead of him are just more a little more seasoned a little bit better um and what else they do um yeah so i guess i'll jump back into number five yeah i hate to do this it to you, but <laughs> this is this is this is hard this is hard for me um i i, I want to put him higher i really do you know what i'm swapping it i'm going austin Matt might have five. the same number five too I'm going Austin Matthews five. I'm going Austin Matthews at number five. Okay. I had I had a little bit of a different. Him. I had a little bit of a different yeah. list, but I have Austin okay. Matthews at five. Um, the only reason I have Austin Matthews at five is okay. just because I I I want to see a little more on the playoffs, and I know that's a I know that's uh, like a minor critique. You don't. But have once to you explain get yourself, but once you, you don't get, have to explain that, yeah. Once you get to the playoffs, right, and then you look at the other four guys ahead of him that we'll be you know talking about 
these yeah. guys produce on like none other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they and they also have the backed up regular season to help them out. Now, yeah. Austin Matthews is probably pound for pound the best goal scorer in the National Hockey League, and pound for pound best goal scorer on this list. Yeah. It's season in, season out. Yeah. But I would just like to see a little more consistency in the playoffs. I mean, he had 11 points in 11 playoff games, which is a point per game. So Austin Matthews is giving you a point per game in the playoffs, and that is pretty good to ask. Mm-hmm. But once you're getting to the top five, top six centers, you might want just a little more. And I just feel like Matthews hasn't been there in the playoffs like he's been in the regular season. Yeah, no, you're 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 spot on. I mean, he's um, kind of one of those guys where if you made a list a few years ago, not a few years, not a few, but if you made, you know, maybe just a even last years year. Ago, yeah, if you make if you make the list last year, or the year before, he's top you three. Have him, yeah, three, three, yeah. easily. So so it's kind of one of those things where like he's he needs to make that superstar jump, right? Like. You know, he, he, um, and it, it's in it, a lot of it. I think I, I'll agree with you is definitely the playoff thing. Um, but that, but then again, look where he's at. He's in Toronto, poor guy. Um, so I, I, I do, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, I trust me, I want to just, I want to make my switch too here, but I'm not going to. Um, I, I, because I think, I, I think you, I think you and I literally have the same four and five. Um, or had the same four and five until you just did that or, yeah. and six too with Eichel. But, um, but yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll jump, but yeah, you said it, you said it right. Um, I have, I, I still have him on the list, so we'll talk about him a little more, but, yeah. uh, my number five, uh, my number five is Leon Dreisaitl. Wow. And yeah, I know, I know it's, I know it's low. I know it's low. Trust yeah. me, but I, I can. I can make the case for the guys that I have in front of him. Um, Dry Seidel is one of my favorite players. Uh, he is the other, he is one of the other guys that are all three of my, 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 in my, this is my opinion, of course, but the three guys that I think have the same kind of presence of Datsuk in their game still, um, they're all on this list. And, you know, the top one for me is Dry Seidel. So, uh, he, it's just, he, he's obviously he's a game changer um he plays with the best player in the world that helps him out a lot i think at times it bails him out um but that's a different kind of conversation that's not a knock on him i'm just saying that like you know it's much easier to look you know to look better when you have mcdavid and then same with mcdavid with dry actually so um so there's that yeah no i have no i have i don't have any regrets i think that dry is just his his shot I, I think the reason that his um, I would make the argument that the reason that he's at number five and not higher is because I'm looking at the top four that I have and uh, uh, let's play a game. Ev. Do you, what do you, what do you think is the one thing that leaves dry out of the top four conversation for me? His defensive game. That def. Yes. You can say, you can definitely say that, especially with my top three especially with my top three defensive stuff. Yes. But I'm talking about as a player, as a player, what like a physical attribute. I don't want to make this like, you know, criticism, whatever, no, but you're not anytime no, that oil Oilers come to town. Um, lack of effort. Oilers effort, fans always, really? Okay. Yeah. Oilers so fans always give me a lack of effort with, with dry side. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say with the kind of the bailing out thing. Like, Dreisaitl can have a terrible game, but he'll still get two points because he's, you know, he's surrounded and he's making plays still. Um, But I would always get, yeah, you, I mean, you just made two great points. You just helped me out, <laughs> solidify my number five. Um, But no, I, I was going to say skating. So obviously, Leon Dreisaitl is, is a great skater. Um, but he, But compared to the guys that are in front of him, he is not a better skater than any of them. No, in my, on my list, on my list. So because of that, as a center, like being a center, I mean, you're listen. Your number one and number two aren't going to be any different than my number one and number two. What's the best part of their game? Everything. They're skating. Their offense. They're skating. Yeah. I know. I know. But they, but it's their skating. Oh, that's yeah. where it starts. I'm telling you. So. So that's why my dry saddle. That's sorry, I'm taking so long. That's why dry saddles. No, you 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 can go ahead to number yeah. four. Um. So, so yeah, my number four is actually, um, gonna be Leon Drysaddle. Oh, okay. So I I do I do have Drysaddle at four. I just I just um the way you were kind of describing, it, I didn't know where you were gonna put Drysaddle. I, I I really didn't. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I have Drysaddle at four, and it's really all the same reasons why. I mean, yeah. you know, season in, season out, this guy's putting up. 40 points over a point per game. He had 13 goals in what 12 playoff games, something ridiculous like that. I mean, he's the only player in the National Hockey League that's going to be asked to take a power play shot from the goal line. Uh, ridiculous release, ridiculous, you know, threat on the ice. It's just, again, mm -hmm. the little stuff we talked about with dry titles, the reason he's going to be at four and five on your list. Yep. Um, keep, let's keep recycling them. Uh, my number four is uh, Austin Matthews. Um, sure. so I just, I, I kind of just, I kind of did what you did. I, I bumped them down the list. I just didn't bump them down that much. Um, right. Cause you had them at five. Um, so yeah, I, there's nothing, there's really nothing all that different. I mean, obviously he just needs to make that jump to, to superstardom that, uh, we were talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, because of his goal scoring, because of his, his skating and because of his pure presence, especially on special teams. Um, he's one of those guys that you just can't, yeah. you can't ignore on the ice um, five on five or four on, or five on four. So um, because of that, you know, but then, but then now we're go we're now we're getting into the top three, right? So yeah, I like this. Yeah. Now we're getting into the top three. So now these guys right. are literally perfect. Correct. Yeah. For the most so, part. I mean, maybe enough. given one game out of 82. Perfect. Yeah. Um, my number three is uh, going to be a player um, that myself I don't like. I know my father doesn't like. He went to the first ever Winter Classic and watched this player absolutely just ruin his hopes and dreams. Yeah. And is a player that isn't necessarily a a rival, but for some reason every time he plays us, he treats us like a rival. Uh, number three, um, all the way just a little bit down south, just about three and a half hours down uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins. I got a uh, number eighty-seven, Sidney Crosby. Um, again, uh, it's, he's one of these players that he's finding a way to adapt to the way the games played nowadays compared to what, like it was when he was a lot younger. Um, he's well over a point per game. He's at 93 points this past season. Um, his defensive games, insane. His offensive game is insane. He's skating ridiculous. He can play anywhere on the ice down low up high yep. you know at the top at the top of the slot wherever you need him to play Sidney Crosby's gonna do what you gotta do and doesn't seem like he's slowing down anytime soon even though he didn't make the playoffs this year it's still Sidney Sidney yep. freaking Crosby man like it's Sidney Crosby 
Guess who my number three is? Casey Middlestad. <laughs> you wish, buddy. No, my mine's oh. also Crosby. Yeah, he's my number three, man. He's you're you're spot on, Ev. Um, yeah, like that was that was the guy I thought. I don't know why I thought you were gonna put him down low, and then he, that's why I was kind of giving you giving you a hard time yeah. earlier. Where do you um, think I was gonna put him? Where'd you where'd you think I, I was don't know? I I don't know. That's what I was scared of. I I didn't know because I told you my guys were a little bit older. I'm from the old school, right? Like I still I was watching Crosby his you know his rookie season, dude. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no. So yeah, you said it. You said it perfectly. Crosby still got all the um, <clears throat> still has all the attributes that made him the most you know the best player in the world for, for you know he was on, on the throne for the longest time yeah, yeah i mean it was you know it was him and ovechkin right like uh, an awesome an awesome you know just style of play i mean you, you, if if you were building a team you'd be stupid not to pick him right um yeah just a, an incredible leader an incredible person humble quiet um you know does his job so he was going to be he was going to be, he was the only other person I was talking about for faceoffs uh, when we were you know, yeah. discussing uh, Bergeron. Um, so, I mean, Crosby, the, he just, there is a, there isn't a facet to his game that he has not perfected, I feel like. And, yeah. and not only has he perfected it, but he is able to execute that at the highest level in the NHL for the amount of time that he has. I mean, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to keep him out of the greatest conversation. That's for sure. So number two, Ev, let's see if we're, let's see if we're debating or not here. Um, it's going to be Nathan McKinnon. Um, can't really go wrong with Nathan McKinnon at two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, 111 points in 71 games. Um, you know, he did get exited in the first round of the playoffs this year, but he still was a point per game in the playoffs. Um, when he starts churning his legs, man, yep. good luck. He's going from blue line to putting the bucket puck in the black, back of your net so quickly. Mm -hmm. And he's just a ridiculous talent. I, you can't really describe Nathan McKinnon's game. You just have to look up Nathan McKinnon highlights and just yeah. sit back, get your bucket of popcorn, and watch yeah. it for yourself. No, I, I mean a pure a pure game breaker. He's my number two as well. Yeah, uh, has absolutely no flaws offensively, um, and you know defensively you don't even care really because yeah. of what he can do offensively. I mean, it, the the puck's on the guy's stick, and you know the other team's not going to touch it until it's in the back of their net, getting it out right. Um, yeah. So he's just an absolute menace uh, uh, in every facet of the game. Uh, gallops through the gallops through the neutral zone. You know it's pretty much over. I mean, there's just not a whole lot. There's just not a whole lot to really, to really even say. I mean, there's only it, a few players. Yeah, there's only a few players in the NHL that can make guys fall with yeah. the way they skate. With the yeah, exactly. I mean, there's only a few guys. It's just it's his, those. His, He's, he's, he's a North, like his, his North and South skating is amazing, right? It's, it's technical. It's perfect, but it's beautiful. The way that, the way that he can go East and West is just, it, it, there's there, you know, there's only one other guy and it's the number one, 
that can do yeah. that can even come close to it right so it's like um yeah but the, th the only thing is and obviously we'll get to our number one the only the only reason that you can even make an argument for mckinnon at number one and i'm sure you can you can you know tune in on your opinion too with this is that he just plays a heavier game um he plays he a does. heavier game he 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 has more of a physical presence um and he he does have the he does have the accolades that number one doesn't. So, um, you know, there are some, there are some give and takes there. I, I just, I love, I love his skating. I love his ability with the puck. I love his, his patience. Um, but, uh, but actually, no, what, uh, what do you, what do you think? What, what would be an argument for you? If you, if you, somebody said you had to argue for McKinnon being number one, what would you say? Um, the only way you can actually really argue McKinnon being number one is, in my opinion, is that the heavier game, which you did mention, but also, yeah. also the cup. But That's at the what same I'm saying, time, the yeah. at the, at the same, at the same time, this, I mean, this is the way, just again, how I view sports, this, this okay. is more football, hockey, yeah. whatever. If, 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 if you're if you're like number one argument and your number one, you know, pitch in an argument is that they want a team, a, a you know, a, a team accoladed like win. Yeah, like Stanley yeah. Cup is 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 all team based. It mm. needs your all four lines need to be rolling. Yes, mm. I I get it. You know, you know, it is great to win the Stanley Cup, but it is not an individual accolade at all. It's no. not an individual accolade. It is a full team accolade. Yeah. Um, now, when the Colorado won the cup, Nathan McKinnon, you know, was one of the two best players on the ice. Him right. and Kale McCarr. Yeah. Him and Kale McCarr were one of the two best players on the ice. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just it, like, and, and again, if you're going to like bring up the cup win, it's just, I don't know how to phrase this without like, it's just an easy like cop out argument, if that makes sense. It's just an easy way to go around things saying, this guy has a cup and this guy doesn't. All right. I mean, yeah, I get it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's such a team. It, yeah. I don't I don't want to say Stanley Cup is a team team's mm -hmm. you know statistic or a team accolade, but it, it it is in a sense. And yes, you do have to acknowledge you know said player winning the Stanley Cup. But mm -hmm. when you're looking at two players and one guy has one cup and one guy doesn't have a cup, I'm not gonna throw a player over another just because of that cup win. You now, depending on if a player is so much better than another one, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. this guy has a cup. This guy can't even get close to touching a cup. Yeah. Connor McDavid's close to touching a cup. Two years yeah. ago, he's in the Western Conference Finals. You know, he. I mean, we'll just get to number one. Connor McDavid's number one, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, guy had twenty points in twelve games in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. He was on pace to just set historical numbers in the postseason, but he didn't get a chance to just because he doesn't play. You know, on. Uh, an elite level team like Colorado, like Tampa, like Vegas, mm. like yeah. Dallas, like yeah. Carolina. He doesn't play on a team like that. It's it's him, two other forwards, and a bunch of other guys that they make a look a lot better. Yeah. That's really what it is. And Connor McDavid, yes, again, he doesn't play the physical game. So once in a while, he may look like he's out of things compared to McKinnon. Yeah. But Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. He put up 153 points. He's putting up seasons mm. that, that guys – in 
the the nineteen nineties were putting up the nineteen eighties Mario Lemieux, you know, he's putting yeah. up Mario Lemieux like seasons. Like we haven't yeah. seen this in, in, in years. Years. Yeah. And we yeah. had a guy doing it right in front of our eyes. Yeah. No, it's it's incredible. It really is. Um before we get off of it too much, the cup thing. Yeah. I think I think it's it's different for every yeah. single argument that you can make, right? Obviously yeah. you have the one the the um you know the 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 most famous one is definitely you know like jordan lebron and you know kobe and you know whatever like you can you can make the argument for all like there's a lot of them that you can do this so however in this one i think it's fairly simple the the in order to argue mckinnon being number one not only can you throw the cup at it like yeah you can be like okay one has a cup one doesn't whatever but i think it's different when when you said and you touched on this is when mckinnon actually like won them the cup right like i was trying to think of it while you were talking about it but who's um who's a middle who's a who's a who's on the top half but in the middle of centers in the nhl like in the top 10 yeah like not in the top 10 no no but like the middle of the pack, but definitely on the higher end of the pack, because I'm trying to compare a player to them. But the, the, the Braden Point, like, no, 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 one that doesn't have a cup. Oh, one that doesn't have a cup. One that doesn't not. Who's a, who's a, who's a, a name? A, name a great center. Name a great center right now. That Sebastian Aho. Sebastian Aho. Okay, so let's compare. See, he's a he's a little bit young, but you'll see where I'm going with this. Compare Tyler Sagan to Sebastian Ajo. Or another center that is, you know, good, very good in the NHL, but that, that doesn't have a cup. I think you can compare to I think the argument is closer there with Sagan and Sagan and that person as opposed to McDavid and McKinnon. Because at least you can back up the cup. Like, oh, yeah, it's a cup. It's a team thing. But, hey, he helped them win it. That helps. Yeah. But, like, with yeah. Sagan, like, he won it his, his rookie year in Boston. Yeah. He had, he, had a part, he had a part in it, but, like, he, was, he wasn't no main player. Sure. So that, that's kind of, that's kind of my, that was kind of my point with that. But either way, undisputed McDavid number one without a doubt game breaker 150 points unbelievable obviously he was going to shatter records for the postseason um impossible not to keep this guy you know at number one I mean there there are a lot of people out there and the only reason that I like talking about the McKinnon arguing for number one thing is because there's a lot of people that do um there's a lot of people that do so I just think that there's a huge, I, I think that there's a, that you can spark a debate there, but McDavid just, if he keeps having these kind of seasons, you know, I don't, he's, he's never moving. Um, he's yeah, never moving. He's and, ridiculous. And it's not going to, I don't, I don't think it's going to, you know, he's definitely on pace to be the best player of all time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, that wraps up the top 10. Well, you mean what? What's up? I I like it. I mean that in the top ten right there for us. Um, you know, centers, and we'll do a lot of other lists throughout 
do the offseason. I hope maybe, so. Yeah, this maybe, is fun. Maybe maybe next week we do left wingers, right wingers, defensemen, yeah. goaltenders. There's just so much coach. We can get coaches, GMs. We get. I don't. We can oh. get creative with this with this top ten list. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll once we're done with you know the traditional hockey. Maybe we'll get into a little bit different. Like get a little yeah. creative while the offseason is still here. Oh, yeah. Um, but since that was good, I I think that was fun. Um. You know, I mean, it took a. I mean, we went through a long time. It was almost an hour we were going on that for. But that—that's the that. point of this. It's great content. Um, but before we do head out for episode three of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast, I want to talk about a little bit NFL wise. Oh yeah. Um, yep. Since again, we're not just a hockey podcast. We're a little diverse yeah. in the sports world. Yep. Um, DeAndre Hopkins uh, going to the Tennessee Titans on a two-year deal worth up to $32 million. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, still a top 10 wide receiver in the National Football League. Last two seasons, you know, dealing with some injuries. This past season, he had to face a six-game suspension, um, you know, due to the PED suspension. Um, But he was still on a 1,400-yard pace, you know, playing with Kyler Murray for half a season and – other quarterbacks that just weren't up to par with Kyler Murray you know, over in Arizona. You know, we, we, we know the player DeAndre Hopkins is. We, we know how talented he is. We know he's still an elite receiver in the game. Um, but, you know, obviously he's on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. And he was a free agent. And, and it's at what point that – where was DeAndre Hopkins going to go, right? Where is a top-end wide receiver in the National Football football league going to go because it's not every day that you get a deandre hopkins that was on a pace for 1400 yards falling right into your lap basically as a free agent where he can go anywhere and everywhere he wants so when deandre hopkins is a free agent he back in may he explained what he desires in, in a team he wants to go to a quarterback that loves a game and brings everyone on board with him so when you think about that you're probably thinking of three quarterbacks right away Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. I, I, because I would think those are three quarterbacks. Great defense. Defense wins championships. Got to have a great D line. All right. Um, you think of great D line. You think of defenses that have been good and great. Uh, you know, over the time. Um, again, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it's been a great defense. They have a top end pass rusher in Von Miller. The Chiefs. Don't have a great defense exactly. They have a good one, but they have a really solid D-line. Chris Jones leading that. Yeah. Um, the Bengals don't have a great defense, but they have a defense that's helped them win games, win an oh, yeah. AFC championship. They, they step up. They step up they when, step they, up need when they, they need to. Um, stable management, right? When you think stable management, you think of the Ravens, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals. Like you think of these teams that have been around for a while. Um, and have stable management, and even the Ravens throw them in there for defense, D line, you know. Mm-hmm. But DeAndre Hopkins, you know, settled on not picking any of those teams yeah. because the Bills and the Chiefs couldn't offer the money Hopkins wanted yeah. because Hopkins wanted money and to go play for a contender. So he scratched the contender part. Yeah. He went for the money. The Bills and the Chiefs couldn't offer him the money. But so then he settles to go to the Tennessee Titans. And this is DeAndre Hopkins now going to a team that 
over a little bit of time, is kind of known for the place that receivers go to die, go 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 to just end their careers, not on a good note. Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, and now Hopkins has the chance to put himself in the Mount Rushmore of receivers that have went to end their careers with the Tennessee Titans. And even mm-hmm. other receivers that went there and just kind of lost a step. Robert Woods, I know he lost a step a little bit before that with his, you know, his ACL injury and with the Rams, but he went there and was unnoticeable all season. And as a receiver, when 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 you're at Andre Hopkins and you go to a team like the Titans, I, I don't get AJ Brown wanted to get out of there because as a receiver, as talented as you are, you don't want to play in an offense where the running backs getting 30 touches a game. Mm-hmm. You don't. You want to be the number one guy, the number two guy at least. A.J. Brown was seeing some nights not even 10 targets a game. He went over to Philly. Look what he did. You know, got to them to the Super Bowl. Hopkins is going to go there, and some nights he's going to get five targets a game because it's an offense that does not throw to the receivers that often. So I I, I don't yeah. I don't get why Hopkins would go to Tennessee. And it's not like Tennessee's overly great. They're a team that can squeeze into the playoffs they must have they had to have promised him something you know what i mean they they had to have said you know hey like we'll you know we'll 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 throw more here so you know they had to have said something right unless he just literally just wanted the bag and he got the bag two years 30 up to 32 million so like like yeah it, it all comes down to money um the nfl is not ever hidden or I should say, not the NFL. The players in the NFL have never hidden their, you know, <laughs> have never hidden the fact that they, you know, are willing to chase the bag. I think that this is this is further proof of it. Um, yeah, I I I I feel for you because like he would have looked great in a Bills jersey, huh? Oh, he for sure. I mean, who wouldn't want a player like that on their team? I just thought, yeah, it's just once again, like these, these are decisions that, you know, he, so instead of, I mean, cause he's not winning no championship with the Titans. No, not I mean, unless like, the bills are a solid they, team. The bills are a good team that are going team. to do well. Like they are going to do well every year and they still can't even win the Super Bowl. Like it's going to take more pieces for that to happen. What are you like? Like going to the Titans doesn't do anything for you, bro. Like you know, like I like I don't. Yeah. So I don't know. Just let him be. Just let him be. He's he messed up, but at least you know what I mean. It's better that he went to the Titans as opposed to him going to Kansas City. Sure. Yeah. No. For sure. So I mean, I mean, if you're a Bills fan, if you didn't get him, okay. But at least he didn't go to like. You know, the team that we're and, probably going to play in the AFC. So, yeah, I mean, the the, the Titans are on the Bills schedule this year. Um, yeah. But either way, um, Bills fans know DeAndre Hopkins for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, the Hail Murray and a bunch of other reasons why. Um, <laughs> but that's it on the DeAndre Hopkins front. Nothing crazy there. Um, yeah. Again, it, you know, you wish Hopkins could come to Buffalo on a cheap, relatively, you know, veteran type deal. But it just wasn't going to happen. Um and he's over in Tennessee, where if he doesn't get a thousand yards, don't be surprised. We talked about some names that have not fared well over there, and they were pretty good receivers in their own rights. 
Um, but I think that's going to do do it for uh, episode three, Joel. Um, we will see you guys next week. And just, again, continue to say thank you um, yeah. for everyone who's watching and listening um, to this podcast, the Wings yeah. of Blue Cheese podcast. And we'll be back next week for another action-packed episode four. See you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Don't be care. don't feel don't feel afraid to reach out and give us ideas for lists. Too. Yeah. That, that would be a for great, sure. Obviously yeah. you see our Twitters below. Um if yep. you guys want to you know reach out, out to any of us and we'll be making a, an, an account soon so you guys can reach us out there. Again, episode four of the Wings with Blue Cheese podcast. We will see you guys next week. Take care.